Podcast where we smoke. Pick my hot toe pick and talk about killers, Caspers, and cryptids. My name's Lady Cuchtenberg, and my pronouns are they, she. I'm uh, Halsey Kinkley, and uh, my pronouns are he, him. And Nick got COVID. <laughs> we manifested it, guys. Last week I said Nick doesn't have COVID, but his roommate has COVID. So I don't want to like manifest anything bad for him. Mm. But then I just kept repeating like Nick has COVID, Nick has COVID. And I feel like it was spoken into existence. So now he has COVID. So now he's COVID. You did um, that. I, yeah, I'm blaming myself. Um, witchy things. <laughs> that's, yeah, witchy things. Witchy things. <laughs> yeah, but um, this week I also was thinking Nick would magically heal from COVID. And I had a really bad headache, so I did not research, but we're going to do a fun little story um, from Karen Abbott at the Smithsonian Mag about Michael Malloy, who uh, wouldn't die. And if you listened to And That's Why We Drink, you might have recognized a little episode about um, Mr. Michael Malloy. So maybe you'll enjoy this little Smithsonian scoop, Ooh. spoken out loud, like audible, but for free. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. and We're here for it. what's your vibe this week, Casey? What's my vibe? Um, I don't know. Uh, just honestly, managing. Managing life, managing people. Uh, Hell yeah! Just trying to get through. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Katie? Let's see, it's awkward being on the sound machine. Sorry, I yeah, always have to let people know. That, that really didn't end. No, it didn't. And then you like sit there for a second and then it's a podcast. You just kind of like look around for a sec and it's weird. Yeah. Um, but my vibe this week is like incredibly anxious. Like I'm operating in full fight or flight mode at every second of the day, I feel like. Your adrenaline must be insane. No, it's crazy. Like I will stay up all night and get six hours of sleep, but I don't feel tired. Like that's, but it's the end of our season right now. So all of the shows are wrapping and um, we have to like do all of the actual work now, like uploading mm. all the things that we've done this year. And all your reports. All my reports. Yeah. And it's my first time doing it. So that, and yeah, just feeling like everything, blah, I've got an audition tomorrow for a nurse caregiver it's like an old person commercial and in the casting call it was like if you have a grandparent bring them with you and i was like what the (laughs) what um and there's no script so i guess i just like show up why don't you like go find a old woman on the street and ask her to be my grandma yeah do you think i'd get but then here's the issue with that so if i get cast they're gonna be like and your grandma as well and then, like, if I just picked up this old woman off the street, what if she didn't really want to do that? What if it was, like, a one-time gig for her, and then suddenly grandma isn't available? I mean, like, what if you find, like, uh, somebody that's currently homeless, okay? Okay. Uh, and, like, they're looking for work. You're, you have work. Totally. Okay? Yeah. You know, that's, that's reducing just, the unemployment I'm, rate. I'm worried about, like, the time in between, like, the audition and then, like, the getting cast and then, like, the, like, the going to the, it's just, like, let's meet at this location. Like, do you, uh, I don't You're know. You're really not this yes is, and This is coming right across. Now. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yes. Yes and. Yes and. <sighs> it was also coming across as, like, a bit classist in a way, which is not my intention. My, my words, not yours. Not yours. Yeah. Yeah, but you're totally right. Actually, I think it's at nine. So do you think I could wake up at like eight, maybe, and go to go to the loop? I I mean, like, what's preventing you from like days in advance, or it's tomorrow? Isn't it's it? tomorrow. So oh. like right after this, do you think I could? Yeah, go downtown? like we'll we'll head out. Um, we'll go find yeah. you, your grandma. Like find okay. a little scoop. Yeah. High, <laughs> high as shit. We'll be like, hey, so listen, I got an audition tomorrow. <laughs> do you want to come over, spend the night? <laughs> Can know, I borrow you? <laughs> six foot seven. Do you know how scary that proposition would be? Like get into my car. It's a really nice car. <laughs> like don't worry, don't worry. Be my grandma. Be my grandma. I need you. Twenty bucks. Come on. Um, but yeah, so I'm stressed. <laughs> but uh, that, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, we're living. It's like next week I'm going to be unemployed. And that's what I just keep thinking about. Like Dreamy. I, I know, I know. It's so close. Like at every moment, I'm just like living in the future. The relief, the sigh. The relief. I can't, I can't even imagine the relief. 
Like I genuinely, I keep like trying to prepare myself and I'm excited, but I just like, I know I will let go of a year's worth of anxiety in that week. You're going to sleep for like a day and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm going to be a different person in two weeks. I'm going to be stress-free, youthful, energetic. I'm going to be five years old suddenly. Like you're going to wow. run into me. Yeah. Just little, yeah. little Katie on the street. Little Katie, Katie on the street. Uh, we're going to hop over to the session if you want to get a little more of Katie on the street. Pick my hot toe pick Guess who's back, back, back. Guess who's back, back, back. Did you do the time? Back again. Yeah, I did like a few seconds. No. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I guess you probably cut that out normally. The little time? The room tone. We've talked about it every oh, yeah. time now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Ha. Ha ha ha. No, sometimes, yeah. We are still only using one mic, guys. Because our other mic broke. Pick my hot toe pick it. You broke a mic? No. We thought that it was the cord, so we, like, plugged... Because we just had an issue with the cord previously. Okay. And it was the mic. Something about, like, the little scrunchy part. But we don't know what happened. Did you take it to a place? No. Why not? Well, Nick has COVID, and... Okay, I mean, like... Like, we could take it to a place. I have two days off. Well, I'm unemployed next week. I guess yeah. I could. I could take it to a place next this next week. This is when you start investing in your values, Katie. Yeah, you're right. Authenticity, quality, creativity. Getting your mic checked. And that, a fourth one. And, what's, and a fourth one. I feel like it's literally my phone background. Okay, wait. It's your phone um, background? Oh, yeah. Because um, it, it's like a little visual reminder. Okay, compassion, authenticity, creativity, friendship, and equality. So you forgot compassion. Compassion, mm. yeah. But I feel like that's covered in authenticity. I feel like if Is you're it? truly being authentic, well, I would hope that like compassion, like feeling that you truly can give like compassion authentically and empathize with people genuinely. Yeah. I see you. Yeah. But yeah, compassion, I guess. So. You're just a shitty person. I, I'm, just the sh I'm just the shitty person. Yeah, well, how are you guys? How was your little um, break there? Pick my hot toe picket! <laughs> that is so funny. Did you hear them? They're crazy Did you hear them? That was crazy. No, for real. Oh. Well, shall we jump right in then? Oh, should I give you this as well? Do you want this? It's the sound box. Welcome to it. They're all a little long, so be careful for your choice. Some of them are, like, loud... And don't be, if there's like a morbid part and it seems like a little disrespectful, wait like two seconds. Just <laughs> <laughs> the rules. Okay. Do you want to test a few? Um, I don't know what, that's a burp. Okay, yeah. so that, that's what a face looks like on here. Okay, good one. that's a good one to know. There's a drum roll, the bomb, okay. Nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Idea. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, that's a quirky Ooh. one. Yeah. That one's triggering. I know. That's that, one's a, that one's a trigger. <laughs> oh, there's just something about applause in general. It's, <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to repeat this. I'm sorry. The, the mic was not recording, but I already said this to Casey. But ice as a concept feels elitist or like lavish to me. And I mean, it is. Yeah. It is. You got to have electricity. Mm -hmm. You got to have a refrigerator. You have to refill it. Like you have to remember to refill it. I mean, okay. That well, is... with true wealth, you have an ice machine. Um, oh, or you have an ice machine. But we're poor, so it's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't even think about an ice machine. That's how you yeah. know true wealth, okay? Is if yeah. there's a, like a functioning ice machine. Can I? Yeah. My ice machine was always broken throughout my entire childhood. Mm. I went to college. They got a new fridge. Yeah. functioning ice machine but actually not fully functioning you know when it like it depends on the day ah yeah yeah Ew. so yeah half functional but ice is lavish and end of story thank you pick my hot toe picket anywho <laughs> anywho all right so once again this is the story of michael malloy um and <laughs> the headline in the san antonio light on november 12th 1933 was called New York's Most Famous Murder. 
Five times the ghoulish plotters tried to kill the homeless bum, Michael Malloy, whose life they had insured, but he survived every deadly scheme until they put a gas tube in his mouth and held him until he died. That was the headline. That wasn't the headline. That was the headline. Oh, I guess that's like the sub. You What's said, that? The... You said the most famous man. Oh, the most famous man? Or the oh, most famous sorry. murder. The New York's most f- fantastic murder. Yeah. That still seems like a little insensitive. Like New York's most fantastic murder. People die. People die. Oh, man. People die. <laughs> oh, that's scary because I'm a people. I want to die. Um, Not actively. So the plot was conceived over. <laughs> no, no, we can like totally talk about that though. Like let's just like no, let's that. let's just brush past cool. it. <laughs> uh, so the plot was conceived over a round of drinks. One afternoon in July 1932, Francis Pasqua. Do you think that's Francis Pasqua? Okay, wait, wait. You read this sentence actually. All the way up to. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So the plot from yeah, the plot. Yeah, one one afternoon. Okay. What what about that first line? You're just okay. gonna skip it. Wait, no, you can read that first line. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the plot was conceived around some drinks. Okay. Uh, and one afternoon on July uh, or in July 1932, Francis Pasqua. Daniel Kreisberg and Tony Marino sat in Marino's. I wonder if he owned that. Um, yeah. Marino's Epinosium? Oh. What the fuck is that word? Okay, it's yeah. a speakeasy. So they sat in... Yeah, so I think Marino's isn't the name. Like, Marino sounds, like, suspiciously close to Mariano's in my mind, you know? So I'm, like, thinking it's... But what if it's, like, yeah, it is just Tony Marino's little... I mean, Famous. it's it's Marino's. Yeah, Marino's in Marino's speakeasy. Pick my hot toe picket! And yeah. they raised their glasses. Sealing complicity? Yeah, they're in for it. Complicity? Figuring the job was already half finished. How difficult could it be to push Michael McCoy to drink himself to death? Every morning, the old man showed up at Marino's place in the Bronx and requested, Another morning's morning, if you don't mind, in his muddled brog. Hours later, he would pass out on the floor. For a while, Marino had let Malloy drink on credit, but he no longer paid his tabs. Business, the saloon keeper confided in Pasqua and Kinsberg, is bad. <laughs> yeah, because you're letting his drunk his... take all your okay, booze. Okay, so it's literally just like these four friends and this guy who isn't paying his tab. Like, those are the customers that they've introduced us to. And the man who's at this, is that it? Well, I think he's like an old man. Like, he's not, he's not a part of their clique. Yeah, but these are the only five customers that show up. Like, do you think they're just the only regulars and then, like, an occasional townsfolk who wanders in? This is New York. Oh, yeah, so all right. <laughs> this is, this business, is New York. Like, business is still bad. Business you know? is bad because he keeps on giving away booze for free. Yeah. That's not on yeah. the drunk's fault. That's on the barkeep's fault. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're letting somebody build up a tab, they better have <laughs> Yeah, like, have and... a limit. Like, have a limit. Yeah. Let it be like, okay, so you're at 50. Let's stop here. Okay? Or, like, come back and do some work. If you... Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Employ them. Employ the drunks. Yeah, exactly. They'll be there. At the restaurant industry. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> Every uh, bartender who worked at my restaurant was indeed an alcoholic. Which is another stereotype. I mean... But I know a lot of bartenders who were alcoholics. If you work in the restaurant industry, you have a habit of something. Yeah, it's a coping mechanism, one could say. Ah, So Pasqua was 24 and an undertaker by trade. He eyed Malloy's sloping figure, the glass of whiskey hoisted to his slack mouth. No one knew much about him, not even, it seemed, Malloy himself. Other than he had come from Ireland. Oh, that seems like a stereotype again. He had no friends or family, no definitive date of birth. Most guessed him to be about 60. No apparent trade or vocation beyond the occasional odd job sweeping alleys or collecting garbage. Happy to be paid in alcohol instead of money. Exactly. Like what we were speaking on. What we were speaking on. He just got paid in alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... No, I don't want to be paid in alcohol. No, I would want to be paid 
but I don't want to be paid. I want everything to be free. Pick my hot toe picket! He was just part of the floatsam and jetsam in the swift current of underworld speakeasy life. Those no longer responsible derelicts who stumbled through the last days of their lives in a continuital haze of bowery smoke, um, as written in the Daily Mirror. That is okay. <laughs> is this an actual speakeasy? Yeah. Like, dur- this is, is this during the Prohibition? Yes. I don't know my timelines anymore. When was Prohibition? When was Prohibition? Oh, yeah. Um, January 17th through 19... Sorry, January 17th, 1920 through December 5th, 1933. And this is at... Yeah, this is 1933. Cool. Okay. So Prohibition, real speakeasy. Yeah. Nice. That makes more sense with the credit. But also, I feel like, puts it back on the barkeep still. Yeah. He's really about to murk. Murk a motherfucker... Well, and that makes sense because it's like a speakeasy, you know, like he's not paying. It's technically illegal. It's like, well, added to the tab, our tab, morally, under the law. (laughs) Live by your morals every day. Yeah, yeah. That's that's stereotyping. What? You're stereotyping people that run speakeasies. Okay, I'm sorry. You're right. Not speakeasies are like cool. And they are cool. They are. I don't... <laughs> no, they're not. Stop I stand lying. with speakeasies. Um, <clears throat> so one day, Pasqua asked Marino, why don't you take out insurance on Malloy? According to another contemporary newspaper report. And he said, I can take care of the rest. Marino paused. Pasqua knew he'd pulled off such a scheme before. The prior year, Marino, 27, had befriended a homeless woman named Maybelle Carson and convinced her to take out a $2,000 life insurance policy, naming him as the beneficiary. One frigid night, he force-fed her alcohol, stripped off her clothing, doused the sheets and mattress with ice water, and pushed the bed beneath an open window. The medical examiner listed the cause of death as bronchial ammonia. It took a second to get there, but I got there, guys. Proud of you. And Marino collected the money without incident. That's fucked up. That's all kinds of fucked up. Uh-huh. That's illegal. Well, that's like preying on homeless people. We kind of like, like, touched. Okay, so when we started off this podcast, I was like, I would never get drunk alone. Yes. And you were like, I would. This whole story is about like a drunk, right? Mm-hmm. And then I also. You suggested that I steal an old woman who is homeless. This story is about that. Isn't that kind of crazy? That was also I dislike. accidental. That was unscripted. Yeah. <laughs> that was unscripted. I'm I'm a bit spooked myself. Yeah, but that's fucked up. Um, wow. But we weren't. We were trying to uh, like no, we were trying we were to joking. help her. Yeah, we were. Well, <laughs> I mean, like I mean, like in in our in our yeah. little bit, you know, we're yeah. like. We're like, okay, like we're gonna get get our job. Exactly. No, but they're like They're like, like let me take out an insurance policy on you so that Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, that's crazy. But it's also crazy that we like We're good people. We like touched that was crazy. <laughs> wow. What a coincidence. A synchronicity. Um <laughs> so this had already happened. Marino had already done this fucked up thing. So at the suggestion, he nodded and mentioned to Malloy. He looks all in. He ain't got much longer to go anyhow. That stuff is getting him. And then he and Pasqua glanced over at Daniel Kreisberg, the 29-year-old grocer and father of three, who would later say he participated for the sake of his family. Oh, whatever, Shabbat. Um, <laughs> he nodded, and the gang set into motion a macabre chain of events that would earn Michael Malloy cult immortality by proving him nearly immortal. Yeah. This is kind of like a quirky case. It is fucked up that anyone dies, but it is sort of a quirky case. It's like a grown-up version of the Slenderman killings. Killing, not killings. I don't think I know the Slenderman killing. It happened in Wichita, Wisconsin. Oh, oh, like the little girls who convinced... Oh, yeah. Just kidding, yeah. 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 But this one... Okay, hold on tight. Pick my hot toe picket! Okay. So... Pasqua offered to do the legwork, 
paying an unnamed acquaintance to accompany him to the meetings with life insurance agents. Um, this acquainted, mm, this acquaintance called himself Nicholas Malloy and gave his occupation as florist, a detail that one of Pasqua's colleagues in the funeral business was willing to verify. It took Pasqua five months and a connection with an unscrupulous agent to secure three policies, all offering double indemnity. Pick my hot toe picket! Sorry guys, we had to take a little break to learn the word in indemnity. I which still don't know what it means. I know, I like <laughs> So, all offering double... Um, it's an insurance um, term. So it's, yeah, in insurance, it refers to a contractual obligation for one party to provide compensation in the event of losses on the part of another party. So they all offer double that. Like, I have no... Um, on Nicholas Malloy's life. Uh, two prudential life... Mm, Prudential. Two with Prudential Life Insurance Company and one with Metropolitan Life Insurance Company. Pasqua recruited Joseph Murphy, a bartender at Marino's, to identify the deceased as Michael Malloy and claimed to be his next of kin and beneficiary. Okay, so yeah, they took out three life insurance policies, all offering double stuff. Um, <laughs> they're getting all Goodness. these people to verify. They're really, like, manipulating. And they're going to pay all of these people, probably. There's so many, like, uh, what's it called when you got, like, a murder and an accomplice? Oh, an, an accomplice. accomplice. What's Thank it you. called when you got what's a murder? It? I was <laughs> <What's> like, <it> <laughs> help me get hey, there. what's it called when you got a, a murder? <laughs> that just sounds like <laughs> a terrible stand-up uh, anyways, so yeah, a lot of accomplices. Uh, if all went as planned, Pasqua and his cohorts would splice $3,576, so about $54,000 in today's dollars, after Malloy died, as uneventfully and anonymously as he had lived. Which, honestly, okay, is killing another person that worth under that 100k? Much money. That is not that much money. Yeah. That is nothing. That, that's, that's atrocious truly and you're splitting it between what like there's eight people and it's just because it, they're dehumanizing him because yeah. he's alcoholic and homeless like that's it's criminal that's criminal. Mm -hmm. it's criminal and they would do it again and they do is a thing like they do every well, day well they already did it once mm -hmm. <sighs> pick my hot toe picket the murder trust as the press would call them now included a few other marino's regulars oh my god including petty criminals john mcnally and edward tin ear smith so called even though his artificial ear was made of wax <laughs> that's funny <laughs> that's so funny wait um this would be a good little like movie yeah can't you see it as a movie the fantastic like, just, like, murder. yeah wow well, anyways, so it's got him, and then it's got Tough Tony, Bastoni, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. funny, and his slavish sidekick, Joseph Maglion. Maglion. One night in December 1932, they all gathered at the speakeasy to commence the killing of Michael Malloy. Damn. To Malloy's undisguised delight, Tony Marino granted him an open-end tab, saying competition from other saloons had forced him to ease the rules. No sooner did Malloy down a shot than Marino refilled his glass. Malloy had been a hard drinker all his life, one witness said, and he drank on and on. He drank until Marino's arms tired from holding the bottle. Remarkably, his breathing remained steady, his skin retained its normal ruddy tinge, rude, and finally he dragged a grudgy sleeve across his mouth, thanked his host for the hospitality, and said he'd be back soon. Within 24 hours, he was. So they literally let him just, like, go crazy. Go stupid, go crazy. That's kind of his dream, yeah. Hell yeah. I'm just, I'm still stuck on how he's like, yeah, it's really bad for business right now. I'm, like, not making any money. Let me give away all of this free illegal alcohol, all of my stock, okay, mm -hmm. to Kill this, this individual. For, like, $4,000. And, like, 53K, like, yeah, like, that's, like, that's, like, what, you know, like, 
young adults make in a year, I feel like, nowadays. So, yeah, like, that's, that's a like... a lot maybe on its own. So, if each of them are splitting that, but even then, like, never... No, okay, first, never, you should not kill another human. And then second, like, that's such a small amount of money, even if it was just you receiving that amount of money, let alone split between, like... Six people. It's like, come on. That you're is... You're kidding. That is just... That steal is... something. Like, truthfully, steal something and sell it. Or steal a few things and sell it. If you're Robin Hood like, that shit. Yeah. Instead, you're what... Using, murdering this person who you see as worthless anyway so they just let him drink and on an endless tab and Malloy followed this pattern for three days pausing only long enough to eat a complimentary complimentary sardine sandwich that's disgusting that's just mean like they here's a free sandwich it's sardines that that was a thing okay you said Chris I hate history Uh, Marino and his accomplices were at a loss maybe they hoped Malloy would choke on his own vomit or fall and slam his head wow but on the fourth day Malloy stumbled into the bar boy he exclaimed nodding at Marino ain't I got a thirst dang yeah they're losing just like a ton of money at this point I mean like they're letting him leave like, okay, I'm not, uh, this is just, like, don't kill people, but, like, he's not, I feel like he's not thinking ahead here yeah, in not, any kind of sense. Like, not, like, he's letting him decide his limit, which, like, yes, he's an alcoholic, so, like, he's crazy, but I'm, like, he's made it this far to a yeah. point where he, like, he does at some point go, like, I can't drink anymore because and he he's still alive. And he 24 hours, yeah. Yeah, and then he comes back, and that man is sober, yeah. He's getting all this booze for free. Yeah. Bad, bad business model. Which I mean, not... like, like this, this, this killer is just not And thinking. it's illegal. Is it an prohibition? So alcohol is still illegal? Yeah. So it's like, why are you, so you are seriously like more concerned with collecting a little bit of cash from this man than giving away your illegal alcohol? Exactly. Like. Damn. Yeah. The fools. logic is just not there. Absolute fools. So, tough Tony grew impatient, suggesting someone simply shoot Malloy in the head. But Murphy recommended a more subtle solution, exchanging Malloy's whiskey and gin shots with shots of wood alcohol. Drinks containing just 4% wood alcohol could cause blindness. And by 1929, more than 50,000 people nationwide had died from the effects of impure alcohol. They would serve Malloy not shots tainted with wood alcohol, but wood alcohol straight up. Ooh. Ooh. That's so nasty. Why did he even have that on hand if it can cause blindness? Because it's prohibition. Okay. And I bet they, I bet they dilute it. That's like kind of maybe that's um, for loco. Now, you know, mm. like wood shots and for loco. Yeah. Oh. You're just really adding a brand. <clears throat> for loco is not gonna sponsor you. Oh no no no! But I love for loco. I would totally like down eighteen of them, and I do. That's the only Regularly. thing I drink to get drunk. And I do. Every night. Pick my hot toe picket! Marino thought it a brilliant plan, declaring he would give all of the drink he wants and let him drink himself to death. Chrisberg allowed a rare display of enthusiasm. Why is this so, like, narrative? Yeah, he added, feed him wood alcohol cocktails and see what happens. Murphy brought a ten-cent cans of wood alcohol at a nearby paint shop and carried them back in a brown paper bag. Okay, so they didn't have it on hand. They bought it. So then they're spending money to go and buy wood alcohol. Okay, cool. He I served... mean, it's cheaper than what they have been doing. Yeah, giving him, yeah. The mm-hmm. good shit. Yeah. He served Malloy cheap shots of whiskey to get him feeling good and then made the switch. The gang watched as Malloy downed several shots and kept asking for more, displaying no physical symptoms other than those typical of inebriation. He didn't know that what he was drinking was wood alcohol, reported the New York Evening Post, and what he didn't know apparently didn't hurt him. He drank all the wood alcohol he was given and came back for more. Night after night, the scene repeated himself, with Malloy drinking shots of wood alcohol as fast as Murphy poured them, until the night he crumbled without warning to the floor. The gang fell, silently staring at the jumbled heap by their feet. Pasqua knelt by Malloy's body, feeling the neck for a pulse, lowering his ear to the mouth. The man's breath was slow and labored. They decided to wait, watching the sluggish rise and fall of his chest. Any minute now. Finally, there was a long, jagged breath. 
Mm, that was weird. Breath. Breath. <laughs> Finally, there was a long, jagged breath. The death rattle? But then Malloy began to snore. He wakened some hours later, rubbed his eyes, and said, Give me some more of the old regular, me lad. <laughs> this so, motherfucker, like, holy shit. Yeah. That is kind of like, you know how um, some people say that if you smoke cigarettes, but you don't think about how they could give you lung cancer, you're like, no, they're not going to give me cancer. Like, you won't get, you're more likely to not get cancer. I mean, I do believe in mind over matter. Yeah. But... So maybe just not knowing that the thing you're drinking is going to harm you is enough to not have it harm you. I mean, you're liver, like just telling your liver what it is and how to process it. Yeah, like it's fine. And therefore your liver just like doing this told. Yeah, and if only 50,000 people died. That's an insane amount of like, um, I don't know, like control. Over your body? Yeah. I believe our brains have that much power. You think? Have you listened to, um, okay quick plug for the Duncan Trussell Family Hour podcast. No. He's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him personally, but I've listened to a few of his interviews. But this one I was especially interested in because it was this dude who um, takes like cold showers every day and can emerge him, submerge himself in like super cold water. Okay. It's like one, one something, Kim or something like that. But he believes that like our brains can control how we feel about temperature and we can like increase our circulation and our heart health and live longer lives and look more youthful if we force our bodies into uncomfortable places and we've got a lot more control over our physical being than we think that's his hypothesis yeah i mean i uh, i i agree i just think that there there also there is still the effect of external forces yeah definitely yeah and that's sort of poison, so maybe it just wasn't, like, immediately effective? I don't know, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, there's also, like, there's all of those deaths, but there's a lot of people that did drink it, and they were fine. Yeah. Because it, it's a lot of, like, bad batch stuff. Yeah. Statistics, really. Probability. Yeah. You know? So, anyways. Pick my hot toe picket! Okay, so the plot to kill Malloy was getting expensive with the open bar tab, the cans of wood alcohol, and the monthly insurance premiums that they all had to pay. So, Marino fretted that his speakeasy would go bankrupt. Tough Tony once again advocated brute force, but Pasqua had another idea. Malloy had a well known taste for seafood. Why not drop some oysters in denatured alcohol, let them soak for a few days, and serve them while Malloy drank? <laughs> uh. So, serve him alcohol soaked oysters on top of alcohol? Yeah, but I think this is like some sort of. I, I imagine denatured alcohol is incredibly bad for you. Probably, like, but it I mean, like, it's pretty bad for you. They're just they're they're going so far with this to go one yeah, route. To, like to they're one. This well, is I mean, expensive. Like, let's look at the scope here, okay? They've already decided that like he should die, okay? And they are so stuck on this specific method that, that he are, has to die. They're doing unmoving. That they just are like they're so stuck that he must die of like an alcohol overdose well i bet that they are trying to make it look more authentic you know like i because he is an alcoholic so it would make the most sense for him to die like no one would bat an eye at all you know i mean like he's a i just like why haven't they pushed him in a river oh yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Like, like that's the good old that's like the classic twist is yeah, like the, and I mean, like the I, natural death, like the scaring someone that they, yeah, yeah. like they uh, he was drunk as shit, he passed out, and then they yeah. threw him in a river, and yeah. he drowned because he was so fucking drunk that he couldn't yeah. like swim. But okay. instead, they said we're gonna soak some oysters, which he loves. They said he loves oysters. Let's just like give him those in this poison, which is okay. So then they also had to buy oysters. They really are just taking... They're like, oh my god, we're spending so much fucking money. Let's Our spend bar more money. is running out of... Uh, yeah, we have no business because we have recruited all these people and they're just waiting for us to pay them, actually. So let's just buy some oysters. And um, apparently, Pasqua was quoted to say, 
alcohol taken during a meal of oysters will almost invariably cause acute digestion, for the oysters tend to remain preserved. Okay. The fuck is acute so he's digestion? Like, he's just gonna like have, I don't know, like is it digestion that looks cute? Just a little, a little oh, cute. he's gonna have a cute digestion. Aww. He can cause a cute digestion. Mm-hmm. Uh, as planned, Malloy ate them one by one, savoring each bite, and washed them down with wood alcohol. Marino, Pasquale, and the rest played pincholi and waited, but Malloy merely licked his fingers and belched. At this point, killing Michael Malloy was just as much about pride as a payoff a payoff they all griped that would be split among too many conspirators. Murphy tried next. He let a tin of sardines rot for several days, mixed in some sharpenel? Shrapnel? Shrapnel. Slathered the concoction between the pieces of bread and served Malloy the sandwich. Any minute, they thought, the metal would start slashing through his organs. Instead, Malloy finished his tin sandwich and asked for another. Oh, yeah. Okay, so pieces of metal. They put metal in a sandwich, and he still lived. Shrapnel. This is... Okay, I was thinking about this the other day. This is, like, very off-topic. Um, but okay. one time, there was, like, a Starbucks by my school, and we used to go there during lunch and, like, get, like, things, right? Okay. And it was Frappuccino Day, like, the day where it's half-off Frappuccinos. Okay. And there was a piece of glass in my Frappuccino. Did you see them? No, I pulled it out and I was like, this is fucked up. I'm just like not going to drink this. And I called them and I had to go back to my class. But I was like, hey, there was glass in my Frappuccino. And she was like, well, you have to bring it back to get like a refund. And I was like, okay, it's not really as much for me as it is for like other people. There was, it was a piece of glass. Yeah, that's insane. I I was just thinking about that a few days ago. And now they won't let people unionize. And yeah, there have been a few more stores unionizing, though. But uh, now's the time. There's an NPR podcast about how now is, like, we're seeing a rise in unions similar to the 1930s. Uh, yeah, because there's severe economic inequality. Exactly. And we need a um, a Roosevelt to come through, okay, and just yeah. be like... We need, like, a socialism. We need, we need some trust busting. We need a <laughs> visa to a European country. Pick my hot toe picket! Um, so, he ate a metal sandwich, didn't work, won't be drank to death, he refuses to die, they're mad, they're spending money, so they call an emergency conference. Why is it an emergency? They didn't know what to make of this Rasputin of the Bronx. (laughs) Marino recalled his success with Mayabel Carlson, that's so gross, calling it a success. I'm sorry, pause. Do you think that these... Rasputin. Is that like a crime and punishment reference? No, Rasputin is um, uh, in Russia, like Peter the Great or something, and Anastasia, like princess. I really oh, just like, know. You're talking like Ra-Ra, Rasputin, yeah, like Ras- lover of the yeah. Russian queen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rasputin. The guy who they okay. said, I think he was a real person, but then you, everyone said that like he sold his soul to the devil oh. or something. Okay. Yeah. But I don't actually know if he was a real person or not. And I'm not going to Google that. So my bad, guys. You can Google that if you're curious. Maybe you just watched Anastasia Like Me. Okay? Are there comments? Leave it in the comments. Leave it in the comments. (laughs) Send us an email. Um, (laughs) So uh, they suggested that they ice Malloy down and leave him outside overnight, which is repeating the other murder. That evening, Marino and Pasqua tossed Malloy into the backseat of Pasqua's roadster, drove in silence to Crotona Park and lugged the unconscious man through heaps of snow. After depositing him on a park bench, they stripped off his shirt and dumped bottles of water on his chest and head. Malloy never stirred. When Marino arrived at his speakeasy the following day, he found Malloy's half-frozen form in the basement. Somehow, he had trekked the half-mile back and persuaded Murphy to let him in. When he came in, he complained of a wee chill. February neared. This is a month that's passing. Another insurance payment was due. One of the gang, John McNally, wanted to run Malloy over with a car. Tin Ear Smith was skeptical, but Marino, Pasqua, Murphy, and Kreisberg were intrigued. 
So John McLaughney offered the services of a cab driver friend named Harry Green. Oh my God. Another person. Literally. Whose cut from the insurance money would total 150. They all piled into Green's cab, a drunken Malloy strewn across their feet. Green drove a few blocks and stopped. And then they dragged Malloy down the road, holding him up crucifixion style by his outstretched arms. That's so weird. Why? Yeah, that seems like very dramatic. They they are doing way too much. Like they should have just canceled the insurance plan and, and been like How many accomplices are we at? At least twelve. They should have literally just called all of the insurance companies, canceled it, been like, yeah. Like you're getting sorry. five whole dollars. Yeah. That mm mm. 150 to hit someone in a car? No. So, anyways, they are dragging him down the road, holding him up, um, and then they gunned the car, and everyone braced, and from the corner of his eye, they saw a quick flash of light. So, someone yelled, stop, and the cab lurched to a halt. Green determined it had just been a woman turning on a light in her room, and he prepared for another go. Malloy managed to leap out of the way, not once, but twice. On the third attempt, Green raced towards Malloy at 50 miles per hour. They watched through splayed fingers. With every second, Malloy loomed larger through the windshield. Two thuds, one loud, one soft. The body against the hood and then dropping to the ground. For good measure, Green backed up over him. The gang was confident Malloy was dead, but a passing car scared them from the scene before they could confirm. I have to pee. Have so, fun, I'll fall in. Um, we're going to find out in a second if he survived. Pick my hot toe picket! Hey guys. Um, we, we took a brief intermission. So they, um, just a summary. I guess, well, you didn't take an intermission. That was like a second for you, huh? <laughs> you should let All me right. review real quick yeah. for my so, own sake. So yeah, we're going to review. Basically, they tried to run him over. He dodged once. He dodged twice. Then they ran him over, finally. They're not sure if he was really dead, though, because they just left him there, apparently. So, they left the scene before they could confirm, and it fell to Joseph Murphy, who had been cast as Nicholas Melroy's brother, to call morgues and hospitals and attempt to locate his missing sibling. No one had any information, nor were there any reports of a fatal incident in the newspaper. Five days later, as Pasqua plotted to kill another anonymous drunk, any anonymous drunk, and pass him off as Nicholas Malloy, uh, the door to Marino's speakeasy swung open, and in limped a battered, bandaged Michael Malloy, looking only slightly worse than usual. His greeting? I sure am dying for a drink. He knows. No, like, for sure. He knows. I feel like he's not... A human, but like an angel or a lesson, you know, a biblical figure, a Jesus of sorts. This is a chapter know? from the Bible, actually. Yeah, added in 1933. <laughs> the New Testament, the mm. newest testament. It's still in progress. Always. Um, A, C, after Christ. Oh, yeah. I guess they already have that. Maybe we could be like extra after Christ. This is A M C. A M. Yeah, after, after Malloy. After Malloy, <laughs> literally. Okay, and what a story he had to tell. What he could remember of it anyway. He recalled the taste of whiskey, the cold slap of night air, the glare of rushing lights, then blackness. Next thing he knew, he woke up in a warm bed at Fordham Hospital and wanted only to get back to the bar. A check for $800 from the Metropolitan Life Insurance Company, the only... Mo- Mm, the only money the murder trust collected from on the house. Oh. Delete that last part. I have no idea what that was. That was the caption for a photo. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) So on February 21st, 1933, seven months after the murder trust first convened, Michael Malloy finally died in a tenement near 168th Street, less than a mile from Marino Speakeasy. A rubber tube ran from a glass fixture fixed to his mouth and a towel was wrapped tightly around his face. Yeah, so they ran a tube from a glass fixture to his They murked this motherfucker. Yeah. 
Dr. Frank Manzella, a friend of Pasqua's, filed a phony death certificate citing Lober ammonia as the cause. The gang received only $800 from Metropolitan Life Insurance Company. Malloy and Marino each spent their share on a new suit. <laughs> wow. Was it worth it? Not at all. Pasqua arrived at the Prudential office confident he would collect the money from the other two policies, but the agent surprised him with a question. When can I see the body? Pasqua replied that he was already buried. An investigation ensued. Everyone began talking, and everyone eventually faced charges. Pasqua, Marino, Kreisberg, Murphy were tried and convicted of first-degree murder. Perhaps, one reporter mused, the grinning ghost of Mike Malloy was present in the Bronx County Courthouse. The charter members of the murder trust were sent to the electric chair at Sing Sing, which killed them all on the very first try. Wow, I did not know that they were killed by electric chair. Morally, I stand against that, but overall... I was like, whoa, <laughs> That's like a dark twist. And like, yeah. like, I know that that is a story of someone being killed, but it does seem sort of whimsical. Doesn't it have sort of like a whimsical, like the fact that they tried so many times. And they failed. And you failed. It's... That's just, that... It's I don't... crazy. That man is so lucky. He just has so much luck on his side or something. Maybe he's really healthy. I don't know. I, we know he's not really healthy. A survivor. Oh. Yeah. He's a survivor. A trooper. Yeah. But that's the story. Of a girl. Sorry. I had to do it myself. It's just, I thought it would be um, good a good time to like applaud for my because that was I mean I we just <clears throat> alright okay well uh, three sentence summary from you mister three sentence summary alright so uh, a group of guys in a bar in New York mm -hmm. decide they're gonna kill a motherfucker for money mm -hmm. period the motherfucker can live through anything repeatedly. Period. And he lived happily ever after. And they did not. Well, he died too. But of natural Oh, no, they did kill him. Yeah, they did kill him. I was like, it was natural causes. He died in an apartment and they didn't... Yeah, there no. was so much graphic detail for that car scene. And then there was literally... No, and then they were like... And then they tied a tube to his mouth and killed him. And then the end. And then they got, <laughs> and then they got the electric chair. Like, I guess nobody had, like, a full account of the actual, like, murder scene. Uh, they were like, these are all the times we tried and we failed. And you should really know about them. Because... <laughs> Because, like, this motherfucker... Serious. He lived. He lived a long <laughs> he, life, for real. Lived. Much longer than we would have liked it. Damn, yeah. It's crazy. Wow. I'm a girl boss? Gatekeep? Or gaslight? Um, I don't know. Like, I've been feeling such a mixture of all three recently. Mm -hmm. Because, like, girl bossing um uh i recently got a promotion um yeah, so you know yeah uh and then um but like with that i like feel like a gatekeeper um because like i feel like i always like hold on to a lot of information um mm -hmm. and like not always information that i like can tell everybody all the time yeah um which is an odd feeling but then uh with that comes gaslight, which I feel like everybody else just kind of gaslights. Yeah. But that's because I feel like all you can kind of do is gaslight. You're just trying to, like, gaslight yourself into the world of your dreams, you know? Like, everyone's just trying to gaslight themselves. Yes, yes. So? I think that's been said uh, more eloquently. Um, yeah, no, but, but I, I think, like, Ram Dass definitely said it, but, like, I was just phrasing it, like, more modernly. Yeah. 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 What about you? Um, I am feeling at the cusp of girl boss. Okay. I would say approaching. Yeah, like I just I have to girl boss my way through this week. Yeah. You know, like it's not optional. So, but after this week, 
I don't think I'll feel anything. I think I just feel freedom. What's that? Also girl boss, but like girl free. Girl, girl free. run. <laughs> girl frolic. <laughs> horse girl. Horse girl. Girl horse. That's a centaur. Mm. Yeah. There's. Uh, did you read Percy Jackson? Of course. Oh my god, I have a really good TikTok that I'm going to send to you. Yeah, so... <laughs> you said off topic. Well, <laughs> well, guys, thank you for listening. Um, yeah, Nick will be back soon. Unless we he pray. dies. Stop, don't even joke. Last time we said something like that, like, knock on wood or something. Like, He's feeling better today. Oh, well, then where is he? If he's I feeling so much better today. I see him every day at 9 a.m. Oh, yeah? On your little when he's Zoom on camera. call? He's not always on camera. Yeah, I'm, I'm the type of bitch who is not on camera unless... Like gun to my head, I have to be on camera. Well, like it's uh, it's extremely strongly encouraged. <laughs> Where like they're like they're like boop, if you're boop, if boop. you're really feeling sick and you need your camera off, like there's nothing stopping you. However, we don't care if you look like garbage in the morning. It's it's the morning and we work from home. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a no bang. Yeah, just to make sure they're alive. Yeah, just yeah. show up. Mm-hmm. Just show up. Yeah. And that's why I go on camera in whatever I'm wearing, but I'm always wearing something. Yeah. That's my thing is I always seem to wake up either like two hours before work or exactly when I'm supposed to start. So I'll like jump up and immediately hop on the computer, which is kind of like, <laughs> I, uh, I need my half hour gap. You, yeah. know, you know me. You know me. We yeah, live together too, for a though. long time. Like I, I do too, but I just am so bad. I'll be like, no, it's fine. Like, it's fine. I can sleep in. I can sleep. In. And then I'm like, fuck, no, like work is now. Like I mm. have to go right now. No, I mean, like, with within that half hour, I'm, like, I'm laying there and I'm contemplating whether or not I can lay longer. And then I'm, like, yeah. no, you need to go to the bathroom. And then you need to start your day. Yeah. And, like, do you want coffee this morning? You want coffee this morning. Yeah. Like, I, I have it down where I can get ready for my work day in a, in a half hour. I'm proud of you. That's... It's a goal. A perfect amount of time. Yeah. yeah. Pick my hot toe picket! <laughs> Subscribe to our Patreon if you feel like it and find us on social media at Killer Kush Podcast or Pod. And Nick will be back soon. I know you miss him. We do too. He's the better okay. half. He's the better half. And without him, I'm flopping. I'm having to Google words. Casey and I couldn't figure out that insurance term. We're never going to know what that means unless someday we understand it. So have a good rest of your days, you guys, and do the things that you know already if you've listened to this podcast before.